Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Monday, October 19th, and we are going to, oh boy, it just rolls right along, doesn't it? Just the Braves kicking me in the face. I guess I already covered that on Sunday's podcast. You can go to listen to that if you want to hear the sorrow, a man drowning his sorrows over a baseball team, gagging up a 3-1 lead. Uh, if you want to hear about the Monday, two Monday Night Football games with myself and Jordan Dejani, stick where you are because we're going to cover them. Jordan, we're going to break down Kansas City at Buffalo and Arizona at Dallas. Two meaty games. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. I mean, I guess all things considered, I was a Braves fan as well. I was rooting for that game. So it was a tough night. But at the same time, you know, we got two great football games tonight. So hopefully that can turn our luck around. Yeah, I definitely didn't, like, put all of my – uh you know, hopes and dreams into a 49ers Braves money line parlay. I would never do something like stupid as that. I mean, what do I look like? A moron? <laughs> All right. Let's get to it. Kansas City four and one against the spread. So is Buffalo. Excuse me. They're both Buffalo and Kansas City are three and two against the spread. Four and one straight up, of course. And, uh, Buffalo has been smashing overs. Kansas City two and three, uh, to the over. Buffalo has not lost consecutive games against the spread since week seven and eight of last year. They're three, oh, and two against the spread following their last five against the spread losses. Kansas City has not lost consecutive games against the spread since weeks five and six against the spread. Something has to give. They always cover after they, if they screw up the, uh, the cover the, the week before four and oh against the spread following their last four losses against the spread. Oh boy. Uh, what do you think about Kansas City and Buffalo? Because to me, this is easy. It's the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. And I don't know if it's necessarily easy, but Kansas City has looked very sketchy in all their divisional games, right? Whether it was the Chargers, they lost to the Raiders last week. So I don't want to take those two performances too seriously. This is still the reigning Super Bowl champions. They have a great chance to go back-to-back. As for the Bills, it would have been an interesting matchup had they not got their wheels blown off by the Tennessee Titans on Tuesday night football. Uh, You and me both had that game wrong, unfortunately. But, yeah, Josh Allen threw his first two interceptions of the season – I like the Bills. I think they're like a legitimate contender in the AFC per se, but the Chiefs are the better team right now, and that five-and-a-half spread is something that I'm going to put my money on. Yeah, and, and you know, look, this has moved. It was three-and-a-half when it opened, and now it's five-and-a-half. The over-under has dropped down to 55-and-a-half. The implication here is that, obviously, Kansas City is going to control the control the game, going to control the like the tempo, going to score but not run up the score and not get involved in a shootout. And I think that's sort of where my head would be at on the – so, like, in terms of what I expected from the game, I like the odds move. I, I wish I'd, you know, gotten my bets in earlier because now I have to deal with the fact that the line has moved against me. Um, but I do think that Kansas City is the better team. I think Kansas City will control the tempo. I don't think Kansas City is interested in, like – allowing the Bills to get into this back and forth, like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen have a a contest to see who throws the ball further. I don't think they want to do that. I think they want to run the football, take their deep shots where they can, dink and dunk if they need to, 
and force Josh Allen on the other side to sort of press a little bit. And if you force Josh Allen to pressing, you put Buffalo in a very bad spot offensively. And you can really kind of flip the tables on it. If he, if he, if he's pressing and he's trying to throw jam balls into tight windows or like force, force situations, he will give you turnovers. And I also think we saw Tennessee against Buffalo on Tuesday run basically a, you know, a zone that said, all right, look, man, <laughs> you can have five yards rushing all you want. You can run a crosser to Stefan Diggs on every play if you want. But if you want to take a shot down the field or move the ball effectively, you're going to have to be super patient and then jam one into a tight window. And I think Kansas City is going to do the same thing. That's not necessarily their defensive nature, but we've seen them do that against Lamar Jackson. Like that's sort of what they're willing to do. They're willing to adjust. So to me, they are basically going to put this on Josh Allen and say, can you be a patient pocket passer who, you know, is, is, is willing to take what we give you and not force the situation? And I don't know that he can do that yet. Yeah, no, it's a good point. And what you said about the narrative about Kansas City wants to control the game and they don't want to necessarily get into a shootout, that's very true. But at the same time, if Josh Allen can prove that he can be a patient pocket passer, if he can stretch the field, um, if he can start that conversation, that uh, battle between arms, between him and Mahomes, then this will end up being a shootout because I think we can agree it has the makings of one if we just look at who's playing under center and what what bodes well for both teams on the offensive side of the ball. So that over-under is high. I am actually leaning on taking the over, and I was talking to Debo mm. about this before the show. It's dropped like three points over the past week, and it dropped two points in just the last 12 hours, believe it or not. So uh, I still, I'm still leaning toward the over. I still think we could see something like a 35, 30 game, something like that. Cause. Well, uh, I, I will, I will say this too. If you ever see an over drop like that, uh, the first thing you need to do is check the location. And the second thing you need to do is check the weather. The weather. Looking like uh 60 to 70% chance of rain in Buffalo, 48 and cold. This is not the weather for a shootout. You know, this is a Buffalo football game. And I think if you're, this is why to me the line is sliding towards the Chiefs and the, and the, and the under is because it favors the Chiefs, their ability to control the clock, to, to not turn the ball over. And Josh Allen, like, dude, if you're, if you're, if you're a maniac, if you're, if you're a, let's say you're not a maniac driver, but let's say you like to get in the, get on the highway and, and move around at high speeds and you're, you know, you're typically like, you know, a little loosey goosey with how you drive, right? Well, if you if you introduce rain into the equation, guess what gets looser? You're driving. So, like, it's an analogy here, people. Like, Josh Allen is a little loosey-goosey out there. And when you introduce rain and and inclement weather, it's only going to make him a little bit looser in that that sense. So, yeah. By the way, looks like it's going to rain for the next 42 days in Buffalo. Maybe maybe live somewhere else. Maybe I should have checked the weather on that one then. (laughs) That's fine. I mean, all right. So, let's, uh, let's talk about these player props for this game. Uh, what stands out to you um, as a possible prop that you would like to get involved in? Yeah, just talking about the quarterbacks real quick. Uh, the 41 and a half passing attempts for Patrick Mahomes, that sounds really high. But, yeah, he's actually crossed that mark three out of five times a season. Still, I think I'm going to take the under on that, especially when you bring up the point about the weather and the fact that, yeah, the Chiefs don't necessarily want to get in a shootout. And with the rain, it's going to be hard to do that as well. So uh, when it comes to the passing touchdowns, 
you know, Patrick Mahomes doesn't necessarily have to throw for 600 yards if he wants to throw for two or three scores. So I looked at that and the juice was, oh, it's at over plus 140. That's juiced over two and a half passing touchdowns. So I'll consider that because I think if they get into the red zone, if Clyde Edwards Hilaire sets them up, then he can find Travis Kelsey a couple times, find CEH one times through the air. So I think that's a possible nice play. Uh, when it comes to Josh Allen real quickly, um, he's reached 24 completions in every game so far this season. And that's where the line set at 24 and a half. And I do like that over there, even if we're not expecting a shootout, I still think that the Buffalo bodes well when they keep the ball in the air, even if it's like we saw against Tennessee last week, where it's just Stephon Diggs running under routes. I mean, he had like 10 receptions against the Titans. So I like the over on the completions there. Um, and he's thrown for at least two touchdowns in every game so far this season. So I would maybe consider the over at the one and a half line there. And, and listen, again, we don't have to expect a shootout for him to throw two touchdowns. That's not a crazy line. So I'll, I'm considering the over there as well. Um, looking at the, the, the one that stands out to me is Clyde, uh, Clyde Edwards E. e- Lair's, uh, total rushing attempts which is 17 and a half at William Hill over 17 and a half is plus 110. It's currently juiced to the under. I think given the game script and the weather that that's, that favors the wrong side. If you look at his rushing attempts against the Texans in week one, 25 rushing attempts, um, 10 against the Chargers in week two, 20 against the Ravens in week three, 16 against the Patriots, uh, in, in week four, and then, uh, 10 against the Raiders in week five. So I would understand why you'd be like, eh, I don't know if I really want to take that over. But if you think that the Chiefs are going to be leading this game in bad weather, the games that they were leading, you know, Houston and Baltimore, he's going to get 20 plus carries. Uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell's not going to play in this game, right? Sure. Right. I mean, I'd be shocked to be played in this game. Um, I love the over there for Clyde Edwards Lair. If, if the Chiefs, if, if we think the Chiefs are going to be leading and you can get that at plus money, I like that a lot. I, I don't, I don't understand why he would be, um, why, 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 I think, I think, I think it's favored the wrong way is what I'm saying. Um, I don't want to, and by the way, you can tell where Vegas is going with this game or Jersey's going with this game, I suppose. <laughs> Patrick Rose total passing touchdowns, the under two and a half is minus 160. That's a, that is a heavily juiced under for a guy who throws a bunch of passing touchdowns against a defense that hadn't been great. Um, you know, his passing yards at 306 and a half. I would consider the under, I would just be considering a lot of unders here if we think this weather is going to be a, a problem and, if we think that – so in these situations, we see these numbers either rise when people start hammering the overs if something looks like it's going to be a good bet, or they start dropping like crazy. And player props are a nice market to jump in on because they're going to adjust later than the total. So I would be looking at the under on a bunch of this stuff, knowing, of course – I mean, like, knowing, of course, that, you know, you can get scorched here <laughs> if something if something crazy – you know, if the Chiefs are down 14 nothing and they have to pass a bunch. Um, same with Mahomes under passing attempts, 41 and a half. That's – they're not gonna, he's not gonna throw it for yeah. times. Take yeah. the under. There's another under that I was kind of interested in because it's juice and that's Tyree Kill total receptions. Last I checked was under five and a half is at plus 120. Um, and like you said, if the weather's going to affect this game, Hill has yet to catch more than five passes in a single hmm. game this season. So put that, I think you're, I think it's another example where it's favored the wrong way. Um, the under plus 120 is free money to me. Yeah, that's a good call. So Hill. Uh, so far this year, five, 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 four, three. And he still has tons of yard. You know, he still has good yardage. He has, you know, four of his five games, he's a touchdown catch, but he doesn't need a ton of reset. Like Tyree Hill is never going to lead the league in receptions. He might lead the league in receiving yards, but he ain't never going to lead the league in receptions. Um, I like that. 
Okay, now this one is a little weird, though. Tyreek Hill's longest reception is 24 and a half. That's too small. That's he averages, one, yeah. he averages 16.5 yards per catch. That's crazy. That's too small. If you got William Hill and you can get Ty- Tyreek Hill over longest reception 24 and a half, I think that's a smash. And, I, and we're saying we like the unders. I get it. But like, he's still going to, ca- unless it's just an absolute monsoon for the entire game, he's going to catch a ball and get more than 24 and a half yards. He just does it every single game. So, I would look towards that. That would be the one over I would look at. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's get to the next game. And if anybody has questions that they want to ask, we'll do DFS at the end. Of course, if anybody has questions about player props that they want to go with, uh, by all means, let us know. We'll take a break. And when we come back, we will hit the, uh, the other game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so the Cardinals and the Cowboys. By the way, that Chiefs-Bills game is 5, 10 p.m. Eastern. That is early. Lovely. I love it. Yeah, I'm all about it. More football. 4.10 p.m. Eastern for you in Nashville, right? Yeah. That's crazy. So you're like at the office, in theory at the office. I guess nobody's in an office anymore. Cardinals at <laughs> Cowboys. Cowboys now favored. The Cardinals have been favored all week. The Cowboys and Andy Dalton in primetime now favored. The over-under 55 in this game. What are your thoughts here, Jordan? This line has bounced all over the place. I mean, the Cowboys were initially three-point favorites over the Cardinals when it opened up. And then, of course, Dak Prescott goes down with his injury. Then it swipes all the way over or swaps all the way over to two-and-a-half-point favorites for the Cardinals. Now it went back to a pick and now the Cowboys are favored again. So, to be honest with you, it's better just to come out and admit it straight up. I've bounced, I've bounced back and forth on this game. When I published my predictions piece earlier this week on Thursday – or last week, Thursday, I had the Cardinals as a mortal lock over the Cowboys. I mean, Andy Dalton's coming in. We don't know how that, how that offense is going to look with a change under quarterback. So, but now I'm starting to flip flop back. I mean, the, I think that Andy Dalton, there's worse backup quarterbacks to have coming in. And I think there's a possibility that McCarthy inserts him into the lineup. He doesn't do much differently. If anything differently, Ezekiel Elliott's even getting more touches in both the run game and the passing game. And the Cardinals, they've been kind of spotty on defense. And while they rebounded and got back into the win column with a 20 to, or 30 to 10 win over the New York Jets, the worst team in football, they lost two games before that to the Detroit Lions and the Carolina Panthers. So the Cardinals are good, obviously, but with, with the Dallas Cowboys having this kind of change under center, it might be something that juices this team. So honestly, I'm probably not going to put money on this line, but I will put money on the over. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, I uh, man, I'm torn here. So the Cardinals have been great to the under this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did lose Chandler Jones as a big blow to their defense, so that's concerning. The Cowboys have been unbelievable to the over. Every over with the Cowboys cashes because their defense is terrible. I think I would lean under here instead. I'm going to go against you because I, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe a shootout breaks out, and certainly both these teams can score if they want to. But I do think the Cardinals, because of the way that they play, that the air raid, while you know, it's like, oh, air raid, tons of points. It's actually a little more methodical than people think. Kyler Murray had been stretching the field a ton this year. Uh, and 
I think that the Cowboys are probably going to try to get down to pounding the ball. Like, I think they're going to try and, like, bring back their Jason Garrett roots and really lean on Zeke Elliott. They don't want to make Andy Dalton the focal point. I think they're scared of what might happen if they do, and I, I don't blame them. Now, again, it could turn into a shootout. Betting an under in 2020 is, is a dangerous proposition. I don't feel good about it. I don't like it. Um, I would much rather the, uh, I'd much rather be on the over and like rooting for it. Uh, but I could just see a situation where the team, so it's sort of like a feel, feel it out type of game where there's not a ton of scoring early on. The only danger here is that I don't think, unlike the, <clears throat> excuse me, unlike the Packers Bucks game, which inexplicably went under yesterday afternoon. Uh, I don't think that this game has the potential to be like 38 to 10 and you just sort of run out the clock. I, I, I think that is unlikely. So I would go under and I have, um, let's see, I think I'm 10 and two against the spread this week. Pretty good. Uh, I think I have Arizona right now sort of leaning towards flip. I, I'm not going to change anything midstream because I'm hot right now, but, um, I, I'm a little worried about Arizona. I got Arizona and I'm a little worried about it. I have the two road teams tonight and I'm, I'm a, I'm a little concerned, but I will stick with Arizona. I, I don't, maybe I'm just going to bet props on this. Um, what props do you like? Yeah. First off, I love disagreeing because one of us is going to be right. So nobody has to be wrong about it. Yeah, but I don't even right? feel good about it. Like I, like I, I, it's, I mean, I'm, it's 8.15 on a Monday night. I'm definitely going to bet. I'm going to end up betting something yeah. stupid on it and losing money, but whatever. I promise I don't think every game is going to turn into a shootout when I come on this podcast with you, but I think that the well, Cowboys Cardinals I mean, of them have sixty percent of them have so far this year, so I don't I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah, that's true. I, I told you to take the under on the Titans game, and that did not come to fruition. I think you had the over though, so you were able to brag about that one. But uh, right. with, with the props, you know, you might not like these because again, I think that there this could be somewhat of a shootout, and that I think it's going to go over, obviously. But how about CD Lamb total receptions? Over four and a half. Now it's at minus one twenty five, but we have to have this conversation. Is it possible that CD Lamb is the best receiver on the Cowboys right now? I mean, he's got yeah. at least five passes and all five, or what is it? At least five passes in all five games this season. It's absolutely possible. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I mean, I, no, I'm not placating to you. Like I said, he was the third best player in the draft behind Joe Burrow and Chase Young. Like I love CD Lamb. Like my like my pin tweet on my profile is about CD Lamb. I love CD Lamb. He's like he's. He's great. He's awesome. He's already great. He's like already a pro ball caliber wide receiver and he's a rookie and he's like five games into his career. He's going to be all the Cowboys have three number one wide receivers. That's just the, the bottom line. Yeah, Amari so Cooper's true. probably getting cut this offseason. They're probably getting rid of Amari and they're, I'm dead serious. They're going to go with CD Lamb and Michael Gallup. Like if the Falcons had taken CD Lamb, Dan Quinn would still have a job. I believe that. <laughs> yeah. But, so yeah. I like the over there. I think that he'll find some chemistry with Andy Dalton. Um, the, here's one that really surprised me. I like those first touchdown score odds because you can get good value on them. But Ezekiel Elliott's the clear favorite, right? But he's still at plus 500. So I was surprised by those odds. I thought it was going to be like plus 250 or plus 200 or something yeah. like that. For Ezekiel Elliott to score the first touchdown at plus 500, I really like that. Um, I like some of these double results too. Ezekiel Elliott and Kyler Murray to score touchdowns at plus 240. I think most people are going to agree that Ezekiel Elliott will find the end zone tonight. But Kyler Murray, I mean, he's averaging, I think, one rushing touchdown per game. He's had one, at least one rushing touchdown per game, except for one game earlier this season. So basically the prop is, does Kyler Murray rush in for a touchdown? And that's plus 240. You mm. can double down if you want to, and he's plus 138 for any time touchdown score as well. I think there's really good value there. I, I like that a lot. I would say uh, for um, any time, yeah. Kyler Murray plus 138 anytime touchdown score is very good. I agree with you completely. Zeke Elliott is five, five to one is the wrong number for him to be the first touchdown score. They feed him in the, in the red zone and he is very likely to score there. I, 
I think he should, I would, I would sprinkle on Zeke. I would take Kyler Murray at 10 to 1 to be first touchdown scorer. And I'll tell you the sneaky one that, that I would put a little something on. Andy Dalton first touchdown scorer. Nice. 33 to 1. Like these quarterbacks in these primetime games are just sneaky. They're just rushing in. We saw, Dal- I mean, I guess Aaron Rodgers didn't count, but they just, it's just happening. Like just take the quarterbacks. They got good odds. You can sneak something. Uh, by the way, Tony Pollard. Is he on here? Where's Tony Pollard for first touchdown score? Cause sometimes they'll plug in Pollard down in the red zone. Tony Pollard 28 to one. I don't hate that either. So I'll probably be on those four guys. Um, I like your first touchdown score, uh, notes. I don't, I don't really love a whole lot of props, particularly from this game, but I would say that if I was, if I was looking at something, uh, Zeke Elliott, I need to see Zeke's, uh, total rushing attempts. Oh, over 21 and a half. I like the over 21 and a half there plus 100. That's a lot of rushing attempts. I get it, but I think, and it is possible that I don't, I don't think that even if, even if they're trailing, I don't think you're going to see the Cowboys abandon the run, right? He has 22, 22, 14, 12 and 19. Um, I think that they're going to try and maintain tempo and take the pressure off their defense by running the football. So I think he comes out of the gate and gets like seven or eight on their first two series. Uh, minimum. And so I think we get to 22 plus, although it is concerning that that's the highest number he's had all season. I mean, he's, he's not, he's not paid for a ton of carries this year. It's weird. Um, all right. That's, uh, what about DFS? So, uh, DFS is a little tricky this week because there are multiple ways that you can play. There are, there's a double, you can play with, uh, the two, the full two game slate that starts at five o'clock and involves, you know, it's like a traditional style classic lineup. Uh, where you can use Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Andy Dalton, any of those quarterbacks, and you build out a lineup. Um, if you do that, I mean, if you do that, you're, you know, you just gotta, you gotta figure out who the Robert Tanyan on the slate is, right? And I would say that looking at some of these prices, like Andy Isabella is a guy at the wide receiver position I would be using to plug in. Um, what I would do in this spot is build out, you know, the, the chalk is going to be skill position guys from the Cowboys and Cardinals game. And then people will, so if you wanted to differentiate yourself, you could go with skill position guys from the early game. It's going to be a little dangerous, I'm, I'm guessing, but I think you're probably going to want to have a defense from that first game based on how it goes. Oh, I guess the Chiefs are playing. So maybe it'll be, um, man, this is a, this is a spicy. I mean, this is like 15 of like the top like level guys that you normally see on a DFS slate showing up, uh, for this two game slate. That's incredible. All right. For sure. So anyway, I mean, you're, the different differentiation is not going to be easy in that spot because there are so many top tier guys. So look for, you know, a, a Blake Bell as your tight end, uh, someone in that game or, you know, the, like a Tony Pollard, who you can slide in as a flex. And if he ends up getting a bunch of carries or he gets a red zone touchdown, that's how you can sort of differentiate yourself from a captain standpoint. Uh, looking at the early game, obviously Mahomes is the top captain, Josh Allen, Travis Kelsey, Tyree kills, Stephon Diggs. I, again, I like Clyde Edwards Elaire. I was about spot. to say that he's too, he's too far down on that list. He's, yeah. he's got to be decent value as a captain. Yeah. So if you go with Edwards Elaire as the captain and you're, and you're assuming, cause I think people are going to be off of him. There's a little down sentiment with Le'Veon Bell signing. Um, you know, you can add in, you could assume that this is going to be a low scoring game. You can grab Devin Singletary, Stefan Diggs, Travis Kelsey. You can't get Mahomes in there, obviously. Uh, but you could squeeze in a defense or, um, let's see. And, uh, yeah. If you go with, do the math on this one. If you go with uh, Singletary, Kelsey, Allen, and Diggs, you can't get all those guys in there. So you could bail on the two quarterbacks. Assume it's going to be a low-scoring game. 
and you can plug in uh, the two kickers, Harrison. You can get, grab Harrison Butker, and then you can squeeze in like a Gabe Davis or a Chiefs defense. This is this is the lineup I would do. So you go Edward Delaire is the captain, Chiefs defense, Butker, Kelsey, Stephon Diggs, and Devin Singletary. So you're assuming Josh Allen's going to have a bad game, and the Chiefs are going to minimize what what the uh, what the what the Bills can do, and that you're going to see a bunch of runs and a bunch of kicks. Yeah, and Stephon Diggs is still going to get his touches, right? Because he, he's targeted through the offense all throughout the game, early and often. Uh, what are you thinking about captain for the uh, Cowboys-Cardinals game? Yeah, uh, looking at that, I would say that you – Woo, Andy Dalton is cheap. I mean, 14-4 – I mean, he's not cheap, but 14-4 relative to Kyler at 18-6. Uh, I wouldn't mind going with Dalton, and I wouldn't mind going with your boy C.D. Lamb. I think uh, Kenyon Drake would also be an option there. At nine nine, if you think that they can run the football effectively against Dallas, which is something that you can typically do, um, I think people will gravitate towards fading the Cowboys' defense in this spot. Would be my guess. Yeah, I agree. And you know, the other guy, I like the other Dalton a lot too. Dalton Schultz, I, I think he has some Ooh. good value as well. A little spicy Dalton Schultz. Yeah, yeah, I think Schultz, the way that he he plays, he catches balls on the field. We've seen the Cardinals get lit up by tight ends. That makes a lot of sense. I think you can plug him in there. Uh, looking down to see Gallup at eight, four, I would be plugging in Michael Gallup in all of my lineups tonight, whether it's showdown or regular, because Andy Dalton showed a proclivity at the end of that game to target Michael Gallup. Be curious to see how that plays out. If he ends up being like the guy that Andy Dalton looks towards, he could be a fantastic value in DFS across the board. Uh, all right. Any other values you spot in here? The defenses are dirt cheap. No surprise. Cedric Wilson, by the way, that guy just shows up and makes plays. He has uh 16 is. But he's had 46 fantasy, 48 fantasy points in the last three weeks. He's somebody who's cheap that you can get in there if you think it's going to be a shootout uh, or if you want to get yourself some leverage off of the main wide pass catchers. Yeah, I mean, what, is he 3,600, I think? That, that's yeah, really good value that's there. A, yeah, it's a freebie. And uh, that was the Cowboys kicker, possibly. Like, you don't think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a shootout. He might get a lot of play today. Might be a great fantasy play. Might be a great DFS play. So I would consider putting him at the end of your lineup as well. Kickers can score points, too. Um, all right, Jordan Johnny, great stuff as always, buddy. We will talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.